Hey guys, this is Ishai Breslauer and welcome to the CRE Shark Eye Show where we discuss commercial real estate. On Mondays, we dive deep into an asset class and on Thursdays, we go into some inspirational stories for the weekend. Can't wait to start. Let's go. Hey guys, before we continue, I would like to introduce you to the seven day CRE challenge, which will introduce you to commercial real estate and will show you that anyone can do this. Also, I have the free cheat sheet for commercial real estate with the six best secrets for commercial real estate. You can download it free. Just click below or above wherever it is and get it. Let's continue. Hi guys. How are you today? Shai Breslauer, your host of the CRE Shark Eye Show. I hope you guys are doing fantastic. This fine Monday morning, uh, today we're going to do a lot of stuff. We're going to cover the markets. We're going to go over a lot of things that uh, everybody's talking about today. Uh, you don't want to miss this show. It's not going to be long, but it's going to be concise. We're going to go over a lot of good, 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 important, important data. And, uh, and uh, that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to dive right in. I'm going to dive right in. And I hope you guys are going to follow. Okay. So the first thing what I want to do is basically... Uh, to look at, first of all, uh, this report from Marcus and Melichap. I want to touch a little bit about housing. This is a topic that everybody's touching, everybody's talking about. So the first thing that we want to talk about is the fact that construction pricing is going up because everybody's talking about the fact that housing prices are going up, but there's the, the volume of sales is going down. How does that make sense? Pricing is going up, but volume of sales going down. It caused by a couple of factors. First of all, obviously, a lot of people want to move to housing. Why? We all know that already. I'm just going to repeat it very, very quickly. Pandemic caused people to move to suburbia. We spoke about it many times. People want to have their either home office. They're moving towards homes. That's why they want a home with their office in it. Homeschooling is driving this whole movement to be home more, okay? So that's an obvious thing. Um, and, uh, and people want their space. That's the last thing. People learned that they want their space. So although I, everybody knows that the main cities like New York City and the like, people are gonna move back. People are gonna go back to the cities, but it's gonna take time. It's already happening. I'm gonna talk about this in a second. This is not a show concerning New York City. We had a lot, enough shows talking about New York City. You can go back and look at the, you know at all the previous shows. You can find those where we focused on those uh, on the on that topic of New York City. Right now we're talking about the U.S. market and we're focusing on that. So the first thing is we understand that prices of housing are still going up. We have a couple of factors. We have the factor of cost of construction that actually is going up went up, and today the addition of cost of construction is actually $36,000, okay, per home, more than it used to be, okay? And as per apartments, it's $119. Let's go back for a second. Lumber prices, lumber prices and steel prices, amongst other things, labor went up so tremendously. Just to give you a little bit of numbers, lumber price, the cost of lumber just jumped up 90%. Year over year, it went up 90%, and steel prices rose 67%. This is crazy, and this is, just the big, this is just a part of it. This is not all of it, okay? So that's a part of the factor of why construction costs are going up. So 
what does that cause really? It causes developers to come and say, I'm not going forward with buying land with such custom construction because how do developers really make money when it comes to any sector? It doesn't matter which sector you are, whether it's residential on the smaller scale of single family homes, uh, development for multifamily, development for retail, development for hotel, it doesn't matter. The way it is, is that you buy a land, you try to buy it low because you calculate the cost of construction on top of it, which is stable, which is all across the board. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change. Once you know those factors, you know how much money you can make on top of it, as long as the market doesn't tank on you. If the cost of construction becomes a variable that you can't control, what are you going to do then? Then that's the problem for developers, and that's what causes the supply to actually go down. So we have less cost of construction. To give you another, another idea of the impact that it does, now as per April 2021, the median price for existing homes is 345,900, okay? And the months of supply of existing homes for sale in April 2021 is 2.2. That's the amount of time that a house is sitting on the market. That's a crazy market. That's a crazy demand. Now, I want to tell you another thing that will give you an idea of what is the trend, what is going on, okay? What is the trend, what is going on? The fact that development is going down, in general, the fact that development is going down and um, it impacts into other real estate sectors, it causes for developments to be canceled or delayed. As we said, it's difficult for developers to move forward with this. But what happens to all those construction materials that sits with them? As of now, the fact that they have more materials sitting in the warehouse and it's piling up, it causes them to need more storage or more industrial space in order to storage those building materials. So that's another factor which we spoke about. I'm not going to dwell today with industrial because we spoke many times about industrial and we will continue talking about industrial with special guests that we're going to have on the show. But right now, I'm just going to touch it briefly. Again, industrial is on the rise also per, as per that aspect that building materials need a place to be. They need a place to park. And therefore, that will cause industrial to go up more. All these things are major, major factors that impact the markets, okay? Now, I briefly want to touch the aspect of the U.S. Multifamily Capital Markets Report that I have from Newmark. This will give you key points of how resilient this asset class is. It's unbelievable. It's, it's actually mind-boggling. And here are the details. Sales volume of multifamily asset class. Pay attention. The first quarter of sales volume totaled 35.5 billion, declining 12% year over year. You had less transactions. Understood. We knew what happened last year. We understand what's going on in the world. Investor appetite rose for properties throughout the Southeast and Southwest regions, which accounted for 54.7% of total volume, meaning altogether we saw a decline in transactions until now, okay? However, however, right now, we see that people are having more appetite to move to those areas that are growing and the migration there is booming, 
okay? Now listen to this very, very carefully. This next thing is going to prove the fact that this asset class is the most amazing asset class you could think of. Rent collection averaged 94.2% nationwide for the first quarter of 2021. A slight improvement from 94% in the fourth quarter of 2020. Meaning you thought, you would think um, how bad it was. So right, there are many factors. There's the forbearance. There's the fact that people didn't have to pay. They had stimulus. They had money, free money from the government. There are many aspects here that have to be taken into account. However, it still proves the fact that people need a roof over their head. They're not going to move anywhere. And the fact that people are not doing well, it's, if you look collectively, the whole thing that is called money, you have to understand that people will keep that money that they pay rent for as the last resort, meaning they will not pay other things and other payments and whatever, but they will still do everything they can in order to pay their rent, okay? Total returns. Despite operational challenges posed by COVID-19, multifamily annualized total returns as of the first quarter of 2021 were 1.7%. Historically, multifamily had, has outperformed following recession, says this new Mark report. And it goes on and on to prove the fact that this whole thing that's called multifamily is resilient and strong, okay? Is resilient and strong. I want to touch a little bit of the fact what's going on with office. Office is definitely not doing well as of now, even, even now. But still, you have to understand, you have to differentiate between office in the cities, in New York City, in Los Angeles, in all those major cities versus the suburban office. The suburban office has high demands, has high demands. It's still resilient. It's still doing okay. It didn't, it didn't get hit as much as those offices in the big cities. Having said all that, take into, you have to take into account the fact, and I told you I'm going to touch that a little bit, that in the big cities, just like New York City, rents are coming up. The rent went down tremendously, but they're coming out roaring net right now. Pay attention to the rents in the big cities. And I'm taking New York City as, a, as an example. Again, this is not a show about New York City, but I just want to touch that point. The people are going back and rents are going back People are going back to the city. It's going to take a little while, but you're going to see those cities going back and those young people are coming back to the cities, especially young people. So pay attention to that and that will cause office to come back. So office is definitely not dead. It had changed tremendously, but not to the point that it's dead, to the point that it changed in the fact that people will work from home more, in the fact that people will go uh, out of town more. People will not run after the big cities in a way that they used to. But still, there's a value of sitting in an office with other people. We spoke about this many times. Sitting in the office with many people makes a company much better. This whole together, you know, the think tank environment within an office is so important. And so many, especially company CEOs, are talking about this, of how important this whole thing is. So pay attention to that. It's going to come back, maybe a little slower, but it's, it's going to come back. Now, let's talk about hospitality a little bit. Everybody's saying hospitality got a big hit 
What's happening to hospitality? Is it dead? Is it not? So I'm going to give you the general overview, and then I'm going to read you a little bit of what Business Travel News brought from CBRE. Vaccines, stimulus, SPAR, second half, 2021, as per March 30th, 2021. Listen to this very, very carefully, okay? Beforehand, I want to just talk about the fact that hospitality was the first thing that got hit and got hit the most. Why? Because all those occupancies went to zero in one day. The second we shut down the economy, those hotels went to zero occupancy and, and that was very hard to deal with. So a lot of hotels got into trouble and got into, those, into this turbulence that the pandemic caused. It was not projected by anyone. Okay, this was something that hit the hospitality market tremendously. And then things started to go up a little bit, and you're going to see it in the report in a second. And occupancy started to go up a little bit, but not in a way that actually kept this asset class strong again. It's not. It's not. However, listen, hotels are going to come roaring. So I'm going to read it out loud, and then I'm going to show you I'm going to actually show you this report. For those who are listening in the podcast format, I'm going to read it out loud so you will hear every single thing. And you're not going to miss a thing. So here it is. So here it is. Okay, you see the date here? It's March 30th, 2021. The continued rollout of COVID-19 vaccinations coupled with additional stimulus funds have accelerated the projected occupancy level for U.S. hotels for the second half of 2021. According to CBRE Hotels Research, February 2021, Hotel Horizons report released Tuesday. CBRE forecasts a 55.1% occupancy level for the latter half of 2021, up from an uh, anticipated 43% in the first half of the year. Okay, so things are going up. I just want to show you for a second this table. Look at this table. I'm going to read it out loud for those who are listening. CBRE U.S. Hotel Performance Forecast. You have in this table year, occupancy, ADR, which stands for average daily rate, and then REVPAR, which is revenue per average room, then REVPAR year over year change, and then finally, you have the percentage of 2019 RevPAR, okay? Now, here it goes. Look at 2021, which has occupancy, again, as projected as I read before, 49.1%, right? Look at the, at the occupancy projected 2022, 61.7%. Then 2023, 65.1%. And then it goes up to 65.5. And then 2025, it's 65.2. doesn't matter. But look how it goes up. But look at the average daily rate. From $99, it goes to 113 in 2022. And then 20. And then it goes 127 in 2023. And then it's go 120, uh, 136 in 2024. And 2025, it's going to be 143. Do you understand what's going on here? RevPAR, revenue per average room. On 2021, it's 48.81, okay, total for the whole year. Then it goes up 2022, it goes up to 69.85. 2023, 
2023, it goes up to 82.65. 2024, it goes up to 80, 89.51. And 2025 goes up to 93.27. All this basically proves, uh, proves the point. It proves the point that hotels are coming back. They're maybe not coming back now. They're not coming back in the way they used to be in a month or two, but it's going to take a little time. But guys, hotels are going to come roaring. They're going to come roaring. Everybody, when travel is going to come back and hotels are attached to travel, hotels are attached to this whole thing that is called travel. One, once airlines are going to be fully back in action, and they're not fully back in action right now. You still have pandemic around the world. You still have things around the world. And the pandemic is not fully over because it's going to be more like everybody's projecting. There's going to be more like a flu type. Every year, you're going to have vaccinations. Every year, we're going to have to control it just like the flu. But eventually, the world is getting used to this whole situation. Airlines are going to be back. Airlines are going to be fully back in action. And finally, finally, hotels are going to be attached because they're attached to it, they're going to be back in action. So we are looking at a, a sector. We're looking at an asset class that's going to come back roaring in a way that whoever has deep pockets right now, because you have to really stand strong right now in front of the economy and in front of the fact that they're not fully back right now and being able to actually pay all what you have to pay in terms of debt, in terms of taxes, in terms of everything at a long alongside the fact that you are not getting all the revenue that you should be getting. So therefore, patience is required here. But the timing here is of the essence. Why? Because once the market's going to be back, once airlines are going to be back, it's going to be too late for people who has capital and would like to get into this opportunity. So hotels are in that capacity. Pay attention to them, to that coming back. Another thing I want to touch is the fact that interest rates are really, really, uh, are really low. Now, today it sets up an environment of, of, uh, of acquisitions. It sets up an environment of acquisitions people can buy and, and take debt and feel that the debt is manageable. And they could say to themselves, okay, I can manage it. Whether the price are going up or not going up, I can manage this whole thing. I can actually take a fixed rate, et cetera, et cetera. But once but once this whole thing will change, that will change the housing market tremendously and will cause it. And in some places we already see, we already see prices are going down uh, and we're going to start seeing this whole thing tanking a little bit. How much, we don't know. Some people are talking about Armageddon. Some people are talking about a correction. Some people are talking about housing market being so resilient that it's not going to happen so much. We know multifamily is resilient. Housing market is strong, is very, very strong. People want to move into houses. How long would that going to take? I don't have the prediction for that, but I believe it's going to take a while for housing to be going down, okay? Another thing that we need to touch is the fact that we have, we might have, and Warren Buffett spoke about this, inflation is coming. Is it going to be hyperinflation? Nobody knows, but if it's going to be hyperinflation, it's going to be bad. Now, I heard Patrick Bate-David, who I follow and I admire tremendously, speak about this, and I love that aspect that he brought, and that was tremendous. He said that there's a huge difference between inflation, hyper, hyperinflation per se, and market crash, which could happen. Everybody's talking about the, 
the possibility of a market crash, I don't know, 20, 30, 40%, maybe even more. Um, and nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows what will happen to the markets. But if that will, will happen, there are two aspects that you have to actually look at. The first aspect is, is inf inflation, hyperinflation, and the like. When you're talking about the inflation, hyperinflation, that is worse for the man in the street than the landlord, okay? Why? And I'm talking about now landlord, not talking about development. I'm talking about the landlord that has an income-producing property and he has cash flows coming in, etc. That will not change for that person. If that person has a resilient asset class like multifamily B-class, fair market, people are paying, people has money, people are paying, they will pay rent. It's not super luxury maybe on the, on the one side, but it's not something that a working class that can get hit tremendously by inflation and they will not be able to pay rent or something like that. If it's again, C plus B, or I would say in the middle of B minus B, B plus, of course, people will be able to pay rent. Again, fair market, people will be able to pay. And, and who is going to get hit? The man in the street is going to, is going to get hit tremendously. That, that person who is going to go pay gas and going to be $10. And all of a sudden he goes to the grocery store and he can't really afford certain things that he was paying for previously and they cost a lot less. The value of money is going to drop tremendously. It's going to affect tremendously the people in the street, everyday person. And that's going to be very bad for them. But the landlords are still going to get their rent most probably. And the resilient asset class that is called multifamily for sure is going to stay strong. It's going to stay strong. I'm not talking about retail. And I'm not talking about the other asset classes. But the average person, um, again, is going to get hit. And the person who has multifamily, probably, most probably not that much. However, when it comes to a market crash, if the market crashes, if the market crashes, every person with money, they'll get hit extremely hard. Why? Because they have money all over the markets, whether it's stocks, bonds, whatever, you name it. If the market tanks, if, if the S&P, the Dow, if they crash, it means that a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money. And those people could be investors. And if they're investors, it means less acquisitions. It means less things. It means the market is going to go bombarded through that aspect. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a, a guy who's going to project what the markets are going to do. I'm just going to tell you the following. What I, what I study from it is the following. First of all, to sum it all up, to make it very short and very sweet, multifamily is the strongest most strongest, most resilient asset class will stay and will be forever probably because people need a roof over their head. We see the numbers and it stays strong. Fair market, strong, strong, strong. People need apartments. People need to, uh, to live in. Housing. People are going to move to houses. Are they going to move to houses? Are they going to live in houses? Is it going to happen that way? Yes. And uh, people are going to move uh, as long as housing has demand because of the pandemic, because of the fact that people want their home office, people want their homeschooling, people want their space, they got used to it. They got used to the fact that they don't need the office as much as they thought they will be. They thought they will need it. Um, office. What's happening to office? Office, as we said, 
is I think that one asset class that is so hanging out there in, it's a big problem for office, huge problem for office. Uh, but the fact that the rents, first of all, the, the main cities like New York City, office types, um, the markets are going to go back. The markets are going to go back. We see already rents are going back for residential because people are going back gradually. It's going to come up roaring eventually, but it's not going to be the same way it used to be. It's going to be a little different, different settings. People still need an office. The suburban office is stronger than the urban office. We see that, that's for sure. Retail, very quickly on retail. Um, I would say the single tenant asset class, very strong. I didn't touch 1031 exchange, which is in danger. And obviously, if I want to do a whole show just on 1031 exchange. I need, uh, I mean, I will bring uh, someone here on the show to just analyze that asset class top to bottom. And, uh, and that, ass, that whole thing, this whole, this whole uh, genre that's called 1031 exchange, we'll, we'll like to talk about that. Um, but um, basically, if that is going to get hit, it's going to change the whole market big time. It's going to change the whole thing. Um, retail, again, everything is turning to when it comes to those strip malls coming back. It's coming back to more restaurants, more type of resilient Amazon, I would say, proof, Amazon proof type of product like Dollar General. People want to go to those retail stores, but they still can order online a lot of things. So the stuff that they're going to be able to order online, Amazon is going to take over those things. Even pharmacies are on target right now and are in danger. So we have to look at all those things. Another thing is tenant improve another day, another aspect that we have to think about when it comes to retail tenant improvements are going to go up because again, construction costs going up. So we have to look at that too. So that's another aspect. Hospitality, as we showed, is still slow. It's still problematic, but we saw it. We saw the report of CBRE. The projections are that it's coming back. It's coming back roaring. It's going to come back roaring. It's going to take a little time. But once it's back, it's going to come back roaring because it's connected to the airlines. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. And even more so, what I want to tell you is you want to get into commercial real estate. You have to study the markets. You want to get to know the markets. You have to get to know your asset class. I'm just going to just prove the point here. We spoke about the fact that um, multifamily is the most resilient, the strongest type of asset class and most stable, right? We spoke about that. But it makes a difference where you're going to uh, invest. Where you're going to get into multifamily has a huge impact. What if it's a neighborhood that actually is going down and the values are going down and people are leaving because that specific property that you're looking at turned bad? You got to learn your stuff. You got to be educated. You got to understand how to check out markets from the macro, and that's the way I put it, macro to micro. Macro economy, it's a resilient asset class. It's great, for example, like hotel, for example, is in still very, very shaky, but to the micro, maybe there's one aspect, one area the whole, that that specific hotel, because of the certain things that are happening in that neighborhood or in that place, makes it hot like crazy or that multifamily is hot like crazy because there's huge demand, or maybe the opposite, that specific area people are running away from. You gotta know your stuff. You gotta understand how to study markets, how to learn those datas, 
how to know the macro aspect of things and where things are going and know the micro, the neighborhood, the street, the asset, the comps, the comparables, and know how to do whatever you need to do in order to get into those deals. And again, you can always, 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 and that is highly recommended. If you are getting into commercial real estate, I have the seven-day challenge. The seven-day challenge, check it out. Check out the cheat sheet that is, again, if you look at the, I'm going to leave the link down below. It's a free thing. Just All you have to do is just download it and learn and learn the six very important aspects of commercial real estate, like how to become a landlord, how to invest in a different city, all kinds of things that are extremely important that can really change your life, okay? So do all those things, educate yourself, become an expert, and I'll see you in the next show. You guys take care. Hey guys, thanks for joining me in this CRE Shark Eye Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And go subscribe, download, do whatever you guys need to do. And I'll see you in the next episode. Take care of yourselves.